Hey, Benedict. Hey, Daniel. What's going on? Oh, not much. What do we have to talk about? You wrote the notes down. Uh, so last time we talked a bit about, on a meta level, how we decide what we're building, what some of our thoughts are about what we want to build. And in the time since then, we have built a bunch of stuff. Maybe even before we get to that, we should talk about the business side of things. So if you've listened to more of these episodes, we've been in an early access phase with Eros, and we've been usually charging customers a two-month commitment. So they pay the monthly fee, but we ask them to pay two months up front, and we just send them a Stripe invoice, and, and they pay that. But it's not really on a subscription. We're like just getting them to pay so we can get them in there using it and then figure out what to do next. And that's really a legacy from our work in the beginning of this year in January and February, where we were getting payments from people who were just committing to an idea and committing to some mock-ups. And so we never really updated what the payment side of arrows looked like since that very first payment idea of basically getting pre-commits from people before arrows existed. Yeah, and and those people that prepaid for arrows, we told them you'll get unlimited access to our like beta or early access period, and really that gave us like a, a loose timeline to figure out well when did we feel that arrows felt more base level complete. So I think we we've, we've decided that maybe we're we're right around there, and then the people that were paying after that, like after we built the first version. We just didn't want to build like a whole billing system and deal with that stuff. So we just figured we could just manually charge them. Or even take the time and energy to rethink what that relationship looks like, because that always feels like you're establishing a new standard. And what does that mean for what the customer gets and all of that stuff? And it just wasn't a priority for us. Totally. I think now it's been interesting the last you know month, maybe. We started having some people that paid those two month commitments actually like we realized some of them had actually lapsed and they would almost become like we gave them an extra month free. So we realized we needed to poke them one to charge them, but also two to see like, are they still happy enough? They're using it, but are they happy enough to keep paying? Or is this a moment where they, they think, ah, maybe we should switch off. Mm -hmm. And it's been cool because we actually have four customers who have said, yeah, like keep charging me. Yeah, and, and to be and fair, we haven't really asked the people who haven't been using it as much <laughs> if, they're, yeah. if they want to switch over. Well, like the, I think the people who, it's interesting, the people who haven't been using it as much, one of the company, like four people pre-ordered before we built anything. And those were the ones where we told them they could have it till the end of their early access period. So we have to like actually- Oh, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I think that's why we haven't asked them primarily, but only, you're right, like only one of them is actively like gladly using it. Mm -hmm. and the other three are still like trying it it's really funny like they haven't given up on it they, right. they it's this they, weird thing where they poke it every few weeks or every couple of weeks we'll see like oh okay they did something or they added a customer or something yeah and we email them here or there or they'll tell me they're trying it so like they're it's not like all hope lost it's just like we're letting them it's just scarier to be like, there. hey, we know that you're not fully bought in and committed. Let's go to monthly recurring. Yeah. And I think what we'll all just have to do, and it seems fair enough, is whenever we do that with those people, they did take an early bet. We can give them 
some percentage off for six months if they're hesitant or anything like that, or just do it just because they, we don't really care about the money of those four people. We actually just want them to use it and we care enough, but not like not maximizing the money we get from them. We do have some number of early customers that are, are getting value from it, even though it's, you know, maybe not solving everything they hoped it would yet. It's still enough and better than their old situation, their old process in some number of ways. And one of them gave us a quote like a couple of weeks ago that it's saving them six hours of work per month, manual work, helping customers on board. And another one's like, this is a game changer for us. You kind of thing. Like he's really excited. And that's the CEO of the company. Like, oh, this is helping them like actually get people through the early process of their product. So, it, it, you know, it's harder to pin down what value they're getting, but he's, you know, not at all questioning getting rid of arrows, which is great. Totally. So that's the business side. Then there's the product side and us slowly pushing that towards those, that base expectation that people have when they come to a tool like this. Yeah. And I, I think we mentioned this last time we spent so much time doing sales and marketing stuff so we could get to 10 or more customers. And we did that and we started actually feeling that like the product was lagging a bit. So we spent a little bit more time really focusing on the product stuff and not really focusing on the business side. You know, it's interesting to see the momentum that maintains once you have some, even on that side. But now that we've flipped back to the product side, it's feeling pretty good, like much more complete. Some of the things that we're feeling maybe not as thought through as they should have been, or just were thrown together quickly because we didn't know how people were going to use them have now been reconsidered. And a lot of it is also setting us up for the future. So in the past month, the things that we did were we added comments to tasks. We added a notion of participants on an action plan. So all of the people participating in that onboarding. And then we also, as part of that, redesigned the task UI. What does it look like when you view an individual task? And then this week, we're hopefully wrapping up assigning specific users to a task. And so all of that stuff required a new task UI because now we have a sense of where the complexity will grow in the product. Two of those places where the complexity we know will grow is both on the participant side and on the task side. So a lot of the work is establishing a UI where those pieces of the product can grow into that complexity. So for example, the participants UI, that enabled us also to establish notification settings for people on a plan. Uh, and that is also what's letting us add users explicitly to a plan so that you can assign them. It's what's letting us add users so that you can mention them in a comment. All of these things that require a more granular sense of who's participating in the plan require a more detailed participants UI, which is what we built. And now we can keep growing that piece of the complexity because we have this baseline participants UI that supports it. And same thing with the task side. Now we can previously all tasks were in line in the, in the action plan UI. And so that really constrained the amount of stuff that we should, could show because we really wanted it to be concise and not overwhelming. Now we pop the task UI into a modal, more like how Trello does it. And this then opens up a world of possibilities in terms of what we can do to a task. And that means now, okay, we can have comments, we can have mentioning people, we can have assigning people, a specific person to a task. And in the future, we know this is going to get more complex with all the different things that 
you want to do with a task, whether that's hooking something up to an API or having more complex dates, all of that stuff is now enabled by this new UI where we now have room for that feature to grow in complexity. Yeah, and I think it's worth noting that part of it's the UI and part of it's like the actual data structure and thinking of how the app works underneath the UI that we've had to rethink as part of this. Like part of these features, like they took a while longer than we maybe expected when we first thought about them because we had to rethink some of the fundamentals. And the other thing is I think the UI changes that we've made or the you know, feature changes that we made, some of them were, were things that we had in mind loosely when we were building the product the first time, but they also changed a lot with like talking to customers and, and seeing what they wanted. We thought we would show people who were participating on a plan at some point, like who was active, who had done stuff. But we always thought that like you would invite people by sending them a URL it, mainly. That's what we did. And then we had to rethink that and actually give you a way to a form to explicitly invite people because people wanted to be able to do that when they were showing the plan off. Like we always thought giving a URL meant that you could control how you introduced it to people. And, and there's things like that, that we just had to rethink and they weren't totally mind blowing. It just was, early assumptions I think that we made and same with like the task UI keeping everything in line was because we we made tasks purposefully simple there wasn't really a reason to make them open up in a modal but then we like Benedict mentioned we were, were starting to need more complexity and we were worried that shoving all of that like we were already feeling the tasks themselves feel too complex so we had to hide some of that complexity somewhere which then opened up the possibility of of adding new features based on what people were asking for. So it, it feels good. Like it, the product does feel more complete and holistic in a lot of ways, which is, which has been really nice lately. Like, and I think the other side that's cool is all these features help usage. Like they, they make it easier to spend more time in the app and not in a way that like we're tricking people about it. It's more like they actually want to, because there's just more information and more usefulness in there. Yeah, or they're enabled to, they don't have to go to an email to poke someone about a task or ask a question about a task. They can just do it in arrows and yeah, that home for the action plan becomes more of a home and less of a node in this network of stuff that you're doing to try to get, get an onboarding done. Yeah, yeah, exactly. There's, it really does feel like it's, and people are telling us like it is getting better. So now we just have to figure out like, what are the, I think, I think we're, I was thinking about this the other day, we we're getting to the point where the features that we want to build or should build next are less obvious. Like a lot of these were much more obvious. Oh, we should do this. It's and, the thing that comes up on every single sales call. Like, oh, can you do this? Yeah, do you have comments? Can I sign a task? And we're like, oh, well, mm -hmm. we just figured we would launch without those, which was totally fine. That wasn't really a big deal. But now we're, oh, we, we don't have those. What is the thing that actually needs to be built? Are there feature parity things? Is it differentiators is integrations because you know it, we have a lot of thoughts about this but it's it's hard to know which one will actually be meaningful and probably no single feature or product development thing will be that meaningful but it's it's at least worth thinking about like how do we prioritize them definitely cool so let's get back to finishing uh task assignment let's do it <laughs> later see ya